Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. Being obligated to buy shit for people at a certain time of the year. I buy Christmas gifts, but just just because you're supposed to, just because. And so, I don't know. I just thought that was a really interesting quote. First off, he has such a funny voice, but I didn't necessarily do it justice. But second off, because I think coming to the holiday season, you know, seeing family, seeing friends you haven't seen in a while, there's sort of this like collective societal capitalistic pressure to buy gifts, right? And I think we've also come to this and, you know, I still buy gifts. I'm not here to say, oh, I'm not buying no one gifts this year. I'm just telling them I love them. I'm buying gifts for sure. But I think it's worth opening up the discussion. Why do we buy gifts for people? How do we buy gifts for people? And what does that show about our relationship with them and, and show that we care, right? You are now listening to the Next Iteration podcast with your hosts, Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Next Iteration Podcast. Today's episode is on gratitude and showing the people around you you care about them during the holiday season. We're in a pretty grateful mood ourselves, you know, looking forward to seeing family, reflecting on the past year that's been, and looking forward to the next year to come. So we thought it'd be the perfect way to kind of put our thoughts into some sort of concrete medium and also give you guys some advice on how to gift properly. So yeah, enjoy the episode. Amazing. So welcome back, young kings and young queens of the uh, next iteration kingdom. Oh, the, the iterators. Damn, I completely forgot we started. I like calling. kingdom too, to be honest. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so today's episode is really going to be focused around gratitude during the holiday season and i feel like you know this is just one of the easiest times to channel that that energy of gratitude when you know oftentimes the rest of the the year is just so consumed with the day-to-day you know the holidays are festive they're merry there's lights everywhere everyone you know mariah carey is dominating just general stores Um, oh yeah so in the spirit of giving back to the people you love, I think it's a great time to start thinking about your own life and start giving back to yourself as well, right? Um, I, don't know, I think somebody said, gratitude turns what we have into enough. Uh, if the rest of the year has been spent thinking about stressing over the random uh, trials and tribulations in life, you know, making rent, worrying about waking up and having to go into work, Things don't always go the right way. Now is a great time to recognize that what you have is enough and understand, you know, this is coming from a place of of privilege for us to be able to say that, right? But remember that desire, and this is coming from the Buddhists. I'm just going to jump straight into the episode with this, I guess. Um, I think you have a quote that you want to drop as well. But um, I remember hearing this piece of wisdom from the Buddhists when they said that Desire is a contract that we forge with ourselves to be unhappy until we achieve the object of that desire. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the tricky thing with life, right? It's, just, it's constant, this constant battle of, well, you know, this person has it better than me. And I, I want what they have. Mm-hmm. And until we realize that this is a toxic mindset that we're that we're keeping we're going to keep being unhappy, right? We'll keep masking it by 
jumping from every small little joy to another, you know, that little burst of dopamine you get when you, you buy something new. Mm-hmm. Um, those things usually keep us afloat, but they're not permanent sources of joy. Um, mm-hmm. I heard Naval say that uh, happiness is peace in motion and peace is happiness at rest. And I was like, hi, you know, that's a really interesting way of putting it. And I've never heard it from that perspective before, but happiness and peace, you know, they are hand in hand like that. And if you have mm-hmm. that, that balance between both, then you find contentment and joy in your life. And it's a beautiful thing. So um, that's my small little tirade to start the episode, but let me hear what you had on your mind. No, it's beautiful. Actually, I'm going to hop deep into that thread because um, the quote I share isn't necessarily related, but uh, have I ever told you the boat analogy? I'm sure I have in one of our one-on-one calls. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast before. Uh, refresh my memory. Okay, so here's the analogy. So I spent a lot of time thinking about like the tension between, and this is exactly what you said, that contract, right? Between desires. So the tension between wanting more and wanting to achieve or you know, collect more fame, status, wealth, whatever it is, and being happy with what you have, right? And it seems like in their classical definitions that they're at odds, right? You can't do one without the other. Um, if you desire something, then you are creating that contract and you're going to be unhappy, right? But I think desire is, you know, whether it's sexual, like status, like money, whatever it is, the desire to innovate, the desire to impact, there are good things about desire. There are good things about wanting something and progressing humanity forward to achieve that goal, right? And we are the beneficiaries of a lot of that desire and a lot of those people that have those desires. So I spent a lot of time thinking about this in my own life. And I was like, you know, I desire a lot of things, um, but I don't want my life to be consumed by that desire. And so started thinking about, oh, how can I balance those two things? And I came up with this analogy uh, and it's a flood original. So, you know, I'm pretty gassed, but... <laughs> Uh, And the analogy is, let's say you're on a boat going down a river, right? And you can steer your boat. You have some measure of control over your boat. uh, But there are things you can't control, right? And with the boat, you always want to be going towards your destination. You're in the boat for a reason, and you're on the river for a reason, and there's a destination in mind. And you need to progress along that river as fast, as safely, and as far as possible. But then there are also things on your boat that you won't be able to change, right? Because you're already on the boat and you have to you know, progress along this river. And so this is where the analogy comes in. The river's current is sort of like how your life goes, right? You can do things to kind of shift the perspective of your boat and go against the current, work harder, continue against the current, get to where you need to go if the current's not in your favor. Or you can go along with the current if it's in your favor and just gas it and like get there really quick, right? And so that's kind of how I treat certain things in my life, like my career, for example. Like there's a spot on the river I want to get to and I have my boat and I want to go forward. I want to see more. I want to you know continue to progress and I want to keep achieving more and more. But at the same time, I'm already on the boat and there are aspects of the boat I can't change. I can't change who I'm with on the boat. I can't change what the boat looks like. I can't change, you know, how the boat functions. I can only do a better job of steering that boat where it needs to go. And so just like that in life, there are things you can't change. You can't change, well, I mean, I guess you can go to Turkey and get some, you know, extra hair. But to a large extent, you can't really change how you look, right? 
you were born with the features that you were born with, short of some major plastic reconstruction, you're pretty much set with that. You can't really change your height, right? You can't change certain physical aspects about yourself, but then there are also other things, right? Like your family. To some extent, you can, you know, cut people off, but I think at the end of the day, most people can agree that your family is kind of there to stay, right? Your parents, your siblings, to a large extent, they are who they are, and you don't have necessarily the same degree of control you have over your boat and your course along the river as you do on the people in the boat, right? And so I like to dichotomize life into those two things, like the things I want to see along the river and the things that are in my boat that I know will always be there that I have to come to terms with whether it's through acceptance, whether it's through, you know, maybe you cut somebody off that shouldn't be in that boat, you throw them overboard, whatever it is, you have to deal with what's in your boat separately from what's along the river. Um, and they both affect each other, obviously. The river's super choppy. Maybe someone gets seasick on the boat and they cause a huge mess and the boat ride's just uncomfortable, right? So that's why you got to pick and choose the right people to be in that boat. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. This is like, this is the end of the analogy. I'm just trying to draw it out. But that's the analogy. And I don't know, I, it's served me very, very well over the past, I think two, three years since I thought of it, of just like putting into perspective, what are the things I want and how do those relate to the things I have and I can't change? Yeah. And, you know, like as you gain more experience navigating with that boat, the better you get at it too over time, right? Mm -hmm. And the same true of life as well the the more you experience in life the more you learn and understand about yourself the more you become a better agent navigating the world um, mm -hmm. and 100 percent, the people in your life can greatly influence you um, for better or worse which is why like you said you have to be very cognizant of um, the people you let into your life and the people that you let into your mind like that uh, I, I don't know why this came into my mind when you were um, going through that analogy but uh, do you know the song Love Yours by J. Cole? Yes, I yeah. love that song. I like, love yeah, that. I love it. One of my favorite J. Cole songs. And, uh, you know, um, keeping it PG, but like one of the things that he said in the song is, the good news is you came, the, you came a long way. The bad news is you went the, you wrong, went the way. wrong way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that'll, that'll happen in life, right? You'll take a wrong turn. You'll make a wrong choice. But it's never the end of the line as bad as it may seem right um maybe you made a poor financial choice but you know if you owe the bank a thousand dollars that's your problem if you owe the bank a million problem a million dollars that's the bank's problem right? <laughs> so there will there's always ways to bounce back from the the hardships that life throws at you and it's just about keeping a more global perspective on how your life is going. Sometimes it's really hard, right? We get way too myopic about how life is going. Um, mm. And oftentimes that comes with life just continuing to kick your ass while you're down. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to maintain that sense of equanimity when you're constantly being beaten and, you know, life's just spitting on you while you're on the ground toiling. Mm -hmm. But you're, the people in your life are incredible assets to help you through those moments when life does um, start raining down on you like that. So mm -hmm. um, kind of going back to the topic, it's about showing the people that you care and love about them. So how far do you show those people in your life that you care about them and that you love amazing, them? Amazing, amazing transition. Hats <laughs> off to you for that one. Um, so now I will share my quote, which is not a quote 
necessarily to the same standards. It's by Hannibal Barras, the comedian. Uh, and he was actually featured on, this is a very unknown album, but I don't know why. It's like my favorite Christmas song. Merry Christmas, Little Mama with Chance the Rapper and Jeremiah. Yeah. Like such a good album. Like so many bangers on that. But um, more like a hip hop I guess, Christmas album. I don't know if people are into that, but I, I highly recommend listen. And in the outro of the first song, they sample, well, they record Hannibal Rest and he says, Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. Being obligated to buy shit for people at a certain time of the year. I buy Christmas gifts, but just just because you're supposed to, just because. And so, I don't know. I just thought that was a really interesting quote. First off, he has such a funny voice, but I didn't necessarily do it justice. But second off, because I think coming to the holiday season, you know, seeing family, seeing friends you haven't seen in a while, there's sort of this like collective societal capitalistic pressure to buy gifts, right? And I think we've also come to this and, you know, I still buy gifts. I'm not here to say, oh, I'm not buying no one gifts this year. I'm just telling them I love them. I'm buying gifts for sure. But I think it's worth opening up the discussion. Why do we buy gifts for people? How do we buy gifts for people? And what does that show about a relationship with them and and show that we care, right? And I would consider myself a pretty good gift giver. Um, I like to I like to say that I'm, you know, pretty, pretty sick with it. Uh, and you can ask, you know, members of my family if that's true or not, but I think they would concur. But I think it takes a lot to be a good gift giver and it takes a lot to understand how that gift is like adding value to someone's life. And it, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be like a physical gift. Maybe it doesn't need to be, you know, a ton of money, but just the act of like doing something for somebody during the season to show them they're grateful. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to center the episode around. I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on what I just said. I mean, I'm just curious about what these tips are. Like, how does one become a better gift giver? Great question. I think the biggest thing is being a good listener. And this might be cliche advice, but I think the best thing you can do for someone in terms of a gift is get them something that they want that they wouldn't get for themselves. And I think that's like been my recipe for success. Um, if you will, um, throwing it back to DJ call it a little bit. The key for the key to success of gift giving is just really being in tune with what that, who that person is and what they want. Um, and I think this relates to a lot more than just like, Oh, like I need to get a good gift. I want to be a good gift giver. And it's like a status thing or like a money thing or whatever it is. No, it's like, how do I show this person that I intimately understand who they are and show them that not only do I understand who they are, I'm, I want to help them grow into the best version of who they want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a really, really good example of this, I'm going to gas myself a little bit. But a really good example of this is like me and my sisters had this idea together for my little sister. She um, is a musician. I'll link her Spotify in the description of this episode. Uh, she makes like kind of like indie pop songs and like she's good. She's a very good singer, but she hasn't always like grinded it. Right. She doesn't always taking like super, super serious. I mean, she's 18. She has a lot of time. But <laughs> um, for her birthday this year, me and my siblings decided to set up a merch shop for her online. And so we did is one of my sisters is like really good at graphic design. She designed a couple t-shirts and then I set up the website, um, you know, like set up some stock and like, we were like, Hey, you know, for your birthday this year, what we're going to do is we're going to set up this merch shop for you. We're going to pay for your first like X t-shirts. You can keep the profit from them. Um, and, or not the profit, you can keep the revenue. People think like, Oh, you're trying to make it back. No, no, no. I mean, keep the revenue, like keep all the money you make from them. And it's like almost as if we're saying, hey, like, we know this is something you want. We want to help you grow into that. We think this will like 
motivate you to like put out more music and like connect with your fans a little bit more. And it was just like the perfect gift idea. And I don't know. I just like, that's like a good example of like really being in tune with what somebody wants and what somebody wants to become and like doing something that maybe they're not able to do for themselves, like help them along that path. Um, But yeah. That is beautiful, honestly. Um, Yeah, because especially because that's it's a lot of work, right? Um, And understandably, understandably, she probably would have gotten to that point eventually. But you guys definitely shortcutted that journey for her um and if nothing else i think it, it makes her again like i don't know your sister personally but if i was in her shoes i would make me double down on the things i was doing because it shows that you know these other people in my life they care about my success here just as much as i do so it's not just about doing it for yourself at that point right now i'm doing it for my family as well um if they're investing in me like this i gotta go hard i gotta put in 110 percent um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you guys did that um, together. Um, shout out to you guys for having such a talented family. I guess everybody's got their own specialty domain. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's amazing. So, what's been one of the favorite gifts you've given, um, and and why why is that like why does that stand out in your memory? Like, how did it kind of relate to what we're talking about this episode? Yeah, but I know I know you're a pretty sweet gift giver. I can tell, bro. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I I uh, surprise myself. Um, I mean, like, I'll talk about something um, I got for uh, my girl recently, uh, which is, uh, so she she's had, like, pretty bad, like, period cramps, right? Um, I stumbled upon this device. Uh, it's called Ovira, O-V-I-R-A. And, or it's, I think it's Nora by Ovira. So the company is Ovira. But it's an FDA approved device um, that uses electrical stimulations um, at the love handles to basically dull the, the period pains they uh, experience. So for people with endometriosis or just generally uh, very uh, painful periods, I thought that this would be an amazing uh, gift, right? An amazing device to be able to bless somebody with. So um, she just got it. I, I don't know how well it works yet. We'll have to wait for her next cycle to come around, I guess. And uh, I'll give us an update. Depends on how many texts you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I it, it was kind of expensive, um, admittedly, but you can, if anybody has a uh, really good health insurance coverage, you can write it off on, on uh, uh, to your insurance company under a class 2A medical device. But anyways, I, I just thought that it was something that could, you know, honestly change your life. Like, I don't, you, we've all seen um, at one point um, a like female girl, woman, member of our lives who has honestly just suffered because of um, their periods. Right. And it fucking sucks. You know, as guys, we're just out here chilling like, oh, yeah, yes, sorry. you are out here chilling. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You had to go through that. And um, we're just kind of like sitting there, like just uselessly on the side. So at least I felt like this would be a way that I'd be able to play a part in helping to alleviate one of the more sucky parts of life for her. Um, so hopefully, again, it works. If not, oh, well, it's just money. What's the return policy on that? It's a hundred day return <laughs> policy. You know, Let's go. Cycles. You got three Wait chances. Yeah, You'll see. <laughs> Love to see it. Um, that's a great gift. And I think, yeah, like, again, going back to the idea of like, how can I make your life better by listening to what is, you know, causing you pain, causing you, you know, unfulfillment, like whatever it is. And like solving that need for somebody. I think that's like a pretty essential, like human trait. Like there's always this like talk of like, 
and love languages and like how do you show somebody that you care about them and how do you show somebody you love them and there's like broadly whatever four categories is like what acts of service quality time words of affirmation and gift giving and i always thought of like gift giving as like a holy like how is that a love physical language like too. that's just oh a physical touch too yes yeah yeah oh i know why you mentioned that one anyways um <laughs> uh, i always thought of gift giving as like pretty bs i was like yo like that's basically just a sugar daddy though like how yeah. is that like how does that make sense as like a love language but then i started thinking about it a little bit differently more recently because I, th- I found myself doing it more um especially because you know i don't necessarily get the time to spend like quality time with you know my siblings or like my mom or anything um i feel like physical touch is a little different for your family <laughs> and like you know uh acts of service too like there's only so much i can do from all the way over here like mm-hmm. i can like you know maybe send them something or like whatever right so i started relying on gift giving a little bit more and like i think i've like come around to the idea that like yeah gift giving is like very much like acts of service or like quality time in that sense because they requires both of those right like when you give a gift you're kind of doing an act of service for somebody right uh whether it's like trying to solve one of their issues or like helping them out with something or just giving them a little bit of joy in their life um and it's very much like a you have to spend quality time with somebody to understand them in order to mm-hmm. give them a good gift right so yeah definitely come around to the idea of like gift giving as like it fits into that spectrum and i think you know it, it's not like they're not like black boxes either like during the holiday season part of the reason why, you know, you're able to show that is because you get more quality time with the people you care about, right? Mm-hmm. You're at home all day. You don't have work. You don't have to stress about work, right? And you actually get to like spend time with the people you care about. So yeah, I think they're all very interrelated and it's definitely broad in my perspective on that. Yeah. And, and with gift giving, I don't think it always has to be something like pragmatic or practical that they, that mm-hmm. can necessarily improve their lives. Um, just the act of showing someone that, Hey, you know, I saw this and it made me think of you. So I got it for you. Right. So it could be mm. something as like small as, I don't know, like a button or something, or, you know, like low key succulents go pretty hard. Like succulents are just a great idea in any room. Um, and it just brings more life to the room, too. But yeah, just anything, anything that shows the person. And I think that's like the heart of gift giving as a love language is showing the person that you were thinking about them. And the gift um, is, it's not just like a gift, it's a gift specifically for you right like Fouad I saw this and I was like you know Fouad really enjoyed this I want to get mm-hmm. this for Fouad because it shows him that I care about him mm-hmm. um and yeah and then you just get better at it but it's important to understand like the love languages of the people in your life um because otherwise you're not catering to them then right if you just mm-hmm. leverage your own love language then you know like yeah sure you're spending time with them you're showing that you care about them through your own love language but they're not necessarily being satisfied how they need it Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the easiest way to, again, to find that out, spend quality, quality time with people, like make time for the people in your life and not just as a superficial thing, um, take some time to actually like ask them how their, their day is going, how, like how life is going, you know, like it's oftentimes hard conversations to have with people and people usually only ask these questions at a superficial level such that you're supposed to reply like, oh, it's good. You know, like people don't really give others a chance to, open up, be vulnerable. So be that person for somebody in your life. Um, it, it, it is hard because, you know, you have to assume a bit of that emotional burden from that, but, mm-hmm. and it will deepen your relationships tremendously um, because it shows mm-hmm. that you're being attentive. You're listening you care about what they have to say. It's something so simple, but so profound. 
So just do that for something in your life today. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, Pivoting the conversation a little bit. I know that the holidays can be a difficult time for a lot of people, you know, meeting with family if you haven't seen them for a long while. And so I wanted to like ask you, like, I think you spent more holidays, you know, at home than I have in recent years. So what are your like go-to strategies or ways of like keeping in mind that you love somebody and like you love your family when like she's just like hell stressful man. like when it's like the entire family like together and there's like all this drama going on and you know like <laughs> beef between siblings you have brothers so i'm assuming there's hell of beef there like what's your like how do you like get your head above the clouds and like think for a sec like yo these are the people i love and like i want to spend like quality time with them and like get out of that like rut of like because i feel like this happens a lot with my family too there's like certain patterns we created um honestly a lot of it's from childhood like you know older sibling bullying younger sibling like whatever it is how do you get out of those patterns and like ruts and like get to like a more like holistic understanding of like the people you care about and show them that affection yeah no it's a great question um a couple of years ago it used to be on site with my brothers but you know i think we <laughs> matured a bit um and we were, were able to have more mature conversations now so our relationship has come a long way and you know we're we're adults now so um I have a lot of love for my brothers and uh, I'm grateful for, you know, the growth that we've all be able, been able to experience independently. And then, you know, coming back together and enhancing each other's lives. Um, it's been incredible. As for the rest of the family, I, man, if anybody that comes from usually like any POC family, but like, you know, Hispanic families, Brown families, um, Asian families, I don't think things get fucking hectic during the holidays sometimes. Cause it's oftentimes um, like, this it's like this pageantry almost like everyone's trying to show up and show out um so i think the key to navigating that though is a level of maturity and letting go of your own ego usually the hard mm -hmm. part about nav navigating conversations like that is because we're too in our own heads we're too worried about what how we feel and think about the situation we don't really think about the other person and you know again if if these encounters with uh, these other family members are kind of like this, um, I guess I'm, I'm just gonna use pageantry. I don't really have a better word for it, but you know, everyone's trying to show up uh, and do sh show out a little bit more than everybody else. Understand mm -hmm. that if it is like a bit of a competition in that sense, that some people, you know, they, they may be insecure about that. You know, not everybody is as well off as other people. Um, and you you won't escape this game anywhere you go, right? Like everybody's going to be at this point trying to impress other people with whatever shiny object they have, with shiny new toy mm -hmm. they have for the year. Um, but just genuinely deal with them as a person, as a human being, as an individual, right? Set aside like whatever uh, prejudices or concerns you have about the other person. Uh, some people have... And some people have that racist uncle, you know, maybe for the racist uncle, you just give him a little bit of space. It's probably what he needs for the holidays. <laughs> um, other than that, though, yeah, just honestly. It's still on site for the racist uncle for me still. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But for everybody else, man, just be present in that conversation and be curious. Um, I think kids have it right, right? Like, I mean, again, for some kids, some kids are just, it's on site with some kids too. Like they're just mad. <laughs> Yo, kids can be shit holes, bro. Holy Yo, kids bro. can be little shitheads. I'm not going to lie. 
Yeah, but in their defense, you know, usually it's a reflection of the parenting. Absolutely. And it's a great point to keep in mind. But for, you know, like the the good kids, though, man, they don't give a shit about who you are. They don't care what car you drive. They don't care about like what job you work. They're just curious about you and the world. And they're just happy to be able to talk to you. So we I think we can take a note from the page of um, the, the kids books there. Right. And just leverage that in our own lives. Um, it's a quote just, from the mouth of babes something yeah wait let me let me look that up a quote for, what is that a book mouth of babes yeah it's like from the bible i think the bible out of the mouth of babes it's like an english idiomatic expression derived from the bible it's like a proverb children occasionally say remarkable or insightful things. Mr. and Mrs. Dole were quietly bickering in the kitchen when their seven-year-old daughter came in and said, you guys should get counseling. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly this exact. After surprise pause, Ms. Dole remarked, out of the mouth of babes. Yeah. It's just uh, like a, an expression, yeah. but it's from the Bible originally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what happens in life that makes us grow into this act of uh, constant engaging in comparison between other people because it mm. robs us of just enjoying our own lives. And again, it goes back to like the whole desire um, and the lack of gratitude thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but kids don't give a shit about what they're rocking, what kind of gear they're wearing. You know, they just, again, they're just happy to be here. Holy, speak for yourself. I was dripping or drowning when I was five, bro. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it's your parents that were, uh, that were, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That drip, so the yeah. Walmart fucking what, Shaquille O'Neal's, bro, the N ones, the Shacks, yo, Walmart. holy. <laughs> um but yeah like what about you how do you usually navigate those kinds of conversations yeah i think a big thing is that i think typically like i'm very very busy right i like to keep my time occupied you know working multiple jobs whatever it is and like there's always like work stuff that comes up that's like you need to do this you need to do that and that kind of keeps my life on track and then i find that whenever it hits holiday season and it's like that period of time especially between like christmas and New years that like black hole that doesn't actually exist in time mm-hmm. um when that happens i think a lot of my like old habits resurface and it's easy for them to resurface because i'm also with my family which is like uh, like kind of like just puts me in the mindset of like being in fucking high school again and like just not right. being like a fully developed human being right so that sort of like combination of things like really fucks in my head and i think like you know it's getting back to the point that also causes me to like be a little bit less like sensitive nurturing kind like just be a shithead to my siblings and like (laughs) i've definitely noticed that a lot and i think best tool for that like to combat that is like self-reflection like you have a lot of time like use that to kind of think about you know the past year that's come the next year that's coming up and what you can do to make that year better for you and for the people around you and and really reflect on like okay well maybe i'm feeling this why am i feeling this way and what are like, for example, like when you're back at home and you're with your parents, like obviously like a big reason is like, you know, you're back in the high school mindset and like, you know, you're back at home, maybe physically you're back in the same surroundings. And it's like understanding that just because you're in that position doesn't mean you have to regress to the, you know, the, that former version of yourself that you weren't as proud of. And like being really intentional about that. And like, I think the self-reflection piece is like just super, super key for that. Um, and so, yeah, that's like one way in which I've kind of like combated that. And then I think that also leads itself to, yeah, I mean, these are this is your family. Like, they're in your life for a very specific reason, and they've been extremely formative for you know whatever reasons. And it's easy to remember the bad, 
and say like, oh, my parents fucked me up this way. Like, yo, I have a hell of trauma from my sister doing this as a kid, like whatever it is. But it's hard to remember the good sometimes because honestly, most of the days were probably good, right? Like it's hard to remember like just playing outside with your siblings and just like having a good fucking time, like playing FIFA. Although there was hell of toxicity in FIFA in my house, but um, just playing FIFA and like having a good time, like shooting the shit, like eating together, like all those things become like sometimes hard to to remember and so i think it's it's important to keep that top of mind through that process of self-reflection yeah it's the interesting thing um as you get older the you know the hard times in life they start to get blurred and when you look back it's a beautiful thing um and something that i'm grateful for i guess like something i can look forward to as my memory starts to deteriorate but we often only really remember the the good times in life when we look back um surely there might have been like some profound negative experiences in life that might have made things really hard for a little bit but most of the time you know you're just going to remember this general feeling of man it felt really good to be um back when i used to be able to live at home with my family right like my meals were prepared for the house was warm it was a very comforting atmosphere oh the house is warm (laughs) yeah that's a big one my house is so cold now (laughs) i'm not (laughs) trying to pay those eating bills but it is yeah um I mean, yeah, like it's just we we just remember the good things in life, and then everything else just kind of gets blurred a bit. You know, like things get a little bit hazy as the the further we try to look back. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about the, all the, the bad times, right? Like again, these this too shall pass. Something just to keep in mind. Um, just remember to enjoy every day. Like joy is the simplest form of gratitude. Just have fun. Try and enjoy life, right? Most of the time we spend our time trying to distract ourselves um, from the from the day-to-day, be it obsessing over social media or playing games or like Netflix or whatever. But, you know, try falling in love with yourself again. When, read a book and see what you think about it. Like, yeah, engage in acts of self-reflection. Pick up a new hobby. It's so easy to do these little things. I mean, I say it's easy. It's really hard because we've trained ourselves to just spend a time distracting ourselves rather than mm-hmm. engaging in this act of self-discovery. But, you know, we taking a page from Maslow's book, um, we must be everything that we're capable of being, or we will probably un- be unhappy the rest of our days. Um, Cause we'll always be thinking about, you know, well, what if I did try to learn how to play the piano back then? You know, what if I did ask that girl out or what if I did this or that? You know, there's no point in leaving room for all of these what ifs. Realistically, mm-hmm. all of the things that we're scared of, uh, that we're scared of, are it's really not that bad if we never reach that object or if we never attain that thing or even ask that question. Oftentimes, our life just stays completely neutral if things go wrong. Take a risk, right? There's the uh, there's great TED talk. I can't remember the guy who mm-hmm. uh, who ran it, but. The TED talk was titled uh, what I learned from hundred days of rejection. And it's an incredible story. This guy is just invincible now. Cause he literally. Saw out- Jane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got you with the research. He, <laughs> he went around and asked the most absurd questions to people like, yo, can, can you give me a hundred dollars? Uh, can I get a burger refill? Um, can you can make- plant this tree in your backyard? Shit like yeah. That. Like- super jokes yeah can you bake me this like giant donut that's in the shape of olympic rings now most of the things he asked to people obviously they should have denied him but sometimes like that olympic donut thing they actually baked it from a Krispy Kreme 
which is crazy right he's like he's like working crazy. with them to like architect it like yo this is how we should do it blah 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 it's also crazy because that's at least like six thousand calories but <laughs> <laughs> but it was you know the means justified the ends right just to yeah, show that the sure. world that it is possible and yeah. it's incredible you know like yeah most of the time sure in these absurd times that like, you might get rejected for whatever it is you're asking but imagine it didn't imagine you actually you managed to like get that thing that you wanted um and again like going back to the whole desire piece you know in my in the the whole time in our heads we're we're constantly telling ourselves like man like i want this but you're not putting yourself in a position to get it because you're too scared of hearing the answer that you might get along the way Mm -hmm. just rip the band-aid off right Cause like now after those hundred days of rejection, this guy does not give a fuck. Like he's just a straight savage. If there's something on his mind or he wants, <laughs> he will go ahead and ask it because he knows that being rejected really is not that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something that startup founders, the really good startup founders, have learned early because they've all had some sort of sales experience um, when they were on the grind, on the come up, and mm-hmm. sales experience. It's par for course. It comes with countless rejection, countless doors being slammed in your face. The first couple of those like really, really hurts. Like, damn, like I'm, I'm, I'm a worthless human being. It's like, they don't care about what I have to say. But again, eventually get steeled to it. Life becomes a little easier. If you can learn to handle rejection, everything in life becomes so much easier. And it's mm-hmm. a little deviated from our original topic of gratitude. I don't know how I got here, but that's my story. That, that's a that's a beautiful sentiment I think to end the episode on like I think it all it all relates right like that gratitude and that fundamental sense of worth is where you get that ability to be steal from rejection from right and there's actually a really good excerpt from the defining decade by Meg or by what's her name honestly I Meg, forgot her name. Uh, Meg J Meg, Meg J yeah yeah so. um yes that's it and I just finished reading it and it it's sort of like along the same lines that you know, the whole concept of like identity capital and building that, but also like what right do you have to be confident about something? Right. Like she was just talking to like a lot of like early 20 somethings were like, Oh yeah. Like I, I feel like hell anxiety at work because of this and this and this. And it's like, yo, good. Like you should, like you haven't done anything yet. Like you haven't actually accomplished anything. Maybe this anxiety is good. What's bad is chronic anxiety. And so what happens is like, you have to start building like a repertoire in your head of like times when things have been tough and you've made it out, right? And as that repertoire grows and grows and grows, you start having the self-confidence to say, hey, this situation is tough and maybe it's a situation I've never been in before, but I know I got, I know I have gotten out of tougher or just as tough situations before. And so I have that self-confidence to rely on myself and like continue going. And I think that's like a big thing. And she actually asked like one of her um, like clients to record like in a notebook like every time like they thought they wouldn't be able to understand something at work or like finish something or close a steal. And then every time they did to write it down to look back on it after a year and like anxiety was gone. Right. And so I think it's, it's the same way. Like you build these rejections, you collect these like little chips on your shoulder. And then you look back and realize that those chips were, you know, creating the most beautiful artwork, which is self-confidence. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I think, I definitely like understand how it relates to gratitude and like just sort of like being a more complete human being. And so, yeah, to close off this episode, you know, hopefully you're getting some good ass gifts for your family this year. And if, you know, maybe you don't have the financial means to like afford the most crazy expensive gift, you're still showing them that you care about them, you know, in whatever way you can, whether that's through 
quality time with them, acts of service, you know, maybe not physical touch, depends on who you're with, but. Adapt <laughs> uh, up is universal, you know? Adapt up is universal. I, I got to get my mom on those still. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're, however you want to express it, whoever it's with, show the people around you that you care about them this holiday season. And Merry Christmas. Merry or happy holidays, right? Whatever you're celebrating. Exactly. All right. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration. (laughs)